The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to A Gut Feeling, where we discuss the brain-gut connection and how to break free from bloating and chronic inflammation of the gut. I'm your host, Jacqueline Renee, former anxious IBS struggler turned holistic health coach and digestive specialist. Thank you so much for joining me on your healing journey. Hey guys, welcome back. I'm doing a special edition today for a gut feeling podcast. Your Q&A about bloating, of course, I love to ask, uh, answer all your questions because, you know, sometimes you just have these one-off questions that need answers and it can be hard to find the right answer when there's so much overwhelming information on every single topic. So I'm really just going to dive right in today and get going with these questions because they have awesome very long-winded answers because you guys know I love to talk. So let's go. Let's dig right in. Question number one, I get bloated even when I eat healthy. And I honestly love this question because for so many years of my own healing journey, I would get bloated even when I was eating healthy and I was doing these protocols from Dr. Alexander Younger and Amy Myers, these amazing protocols with very restrictive diets. And I'm thinking, how am I still getting bloated? How am I still having problems? And it actually wasn't until I met an Ayurveda doctor, an ancient Indian medicine type specialist, where I learned more about the digestive process and the brain gut connection that really helped me to understand why people get bloated even when they eat healthy. So basically it come, it boils down to two things, stress and raw food. Weird combination, right? You would think like, how are these two even related? But when we look at the brain gut connection, it's basically this. The brain and the gut are directly connected with our vagus nerve, and it sends thousands of neurotransmitters back and forth every day. So if you're not addressing stress or looking at stress when it comes to getting bloated, you're missing a key note of what could be part of your healing. Because if you get stressed out and your, your um, sympathetic nervous system kicks in and you get that fight or flight response, digestion shuts down. So of course, if you're eating while you're stressed out and your digestion shuts down, what's going to happen? We're going to get bloated, right? Or we're not going to digest our food. 
we're going to get stomach pain or feel lethargic, those kind of things when digestion shuts down, when it's not moving. So the first thing to look at when you're getting bloated and you're eating healthy is your stress. But I want to dig into that a little bit more because I can't just say don't stress and then you're like, great, I don't stress anymore and now I'm not bloated. It's a long process of unpeeling the layers of the stress that comes with it. So let's dive in a little bit deeper into stress as it relates to gut health because it can be a vicious circle. So when I started looking into this and saying, well, I'm getting stressed out, it's igniting my brain gut connection and it's giving me, making me bloated, that in itself would make me more stressed out. So it was a vicious cycle of like, I'm stressed because of what's happening to me, but I'm also stressed because of regular life. So I had to disconnect them. And the first thing I had to do to disconnect them and to address the stress was to be present. I want to repeat that because this is very important. The most important thing to do when you're trying to address stress is to be present because when we are stressed, we're most likely thinking about the past or dwelling on the past or worried or anxious about the future, something that isn't, hasn't even happened yet. When you pull yourself and draw yourself into the present moment, it takes, it releases stress from your body. It calms your body. You can focus, you can get the cobwebs out of the brain. So how do we become present when it comes to addressing stress? Well, meditation, breath work, sitting still, which is a really big problem for many people. And I know it feels like I've gone very far away from the answer to this question where someone might say, well, why are we talking so much about this when I asked about eating healthy and being bloated? Because it's not about what you eat. It's not always about what you eat. Sometimes it's about what you feel and how you're acting and what your body is doing throughout the process of eating food, digesting food. So for those of you that are watching this episode, now, if you didn't know this, all of my podcasts are streamed live via video and put on Empower Radio's YouTube station. So you can search that on YouTube. And then also I download them to my own YouTube station. So you can actually see me and see the movements that I make. So for anyone who is watching, I'm showing you what it looks like to be super stressed you pull in everything, your shoulders are high, maybe you're grinding your teeth or you're holding your breath and everything is in and stressed out. Now, this is the worst time to eat food. This is the absolute worst time to eat food because your digestion is completely shut down. So as we work on our stress response and being present, before you go and have a meal, can you relax your shoulders, release your jaw, flutter your eyes a little bit, calm your body and your brain. Maybe put your hands over your food and set an intention that this food will nourish your body. Just by doing those simple steps alone, it can reduce bloating by a lot because this is a huge part of where bloating comes from is our stress response or being in the fight or flight response. Now, I know so many of you listening are probably thinking, oh, Lord, well, I'm usually sending four emails, checking Instagram and driving my kids and all of these things while I'm trying to eat food. Again, the worst time to eat food is when you're stressed. So 
I'd actually recommend not eating if you're stressed out and waiting until you can get to a point where you can eat less stressed than trying to force feed yourself thinking you need to eat something to keep going. It's actually counterproductive. So one element of why you may be getting bloated when you're eating healthy is stress. The second element of why you may be getting bloated when you're eating healthy is raw food. Now, this does not mean that you can never have raw food. Everything in a healing journey is temporary, okay? I'm never saying always and have to do this forever and should. We don't do those things around here. It's not everything is temporary. So when you want to focus on healing the gut and bloating, you have to look into your intestines a little bit more and understand about what's going on. Now, again, if you're watching on YouTube, you'll see me showing you the experience of what happens. You can actually physically see me showing you what's going on. But let me try to paint a visual for those that are only listening to the podcast, okay? So inside of your belly, you have your intestines, and your intestines are like a tube. And in this tube, you have connective tissue on either side that is a protective barrier from anything that goes in your intestines to your bloodstream, okay? So when you have a a agitated gut or inflamed gut, the connective tissue that protects the inside of your intestines to your bloodstream can wear away and get cracks in it. Now, most of you that listen to me, you know, avidly know that this is something called leaky gut. And when anything from your intestines gets into your bloodstream, it can be very toxic. Now think of um, a cut or think of something on your body where you scrape yourself, okay? And you have an open wound. When you have an open wound, what you wanna do is protect it. Massage it, put some cream on it, cover it, make sure that it's protected so it heals. We want to relate this and do the same thing in our intestines to protect that barrier, that connective tissue from anything on the inside going to the outside. So how do we do that? Now, if you had that same cut on your arm and you were talking about healing it, but every time, every day, you kept picking at it and picking at it, it would take longer to heal. This relates to how raw food picks at the cuts inside the intestines when there's inflammation and leaky gut present. It gets stuck, it scrapes the lining, and it doesn't allow the body to heal, the lining to heal. So the best thing to do is temporarily, and I don't know how long for you, you're gonna have to test it out. Sometimes it's two weeks, sometimes it's two months, sometimes it's two years, to switch all raw food to more cooked, sauteed, baked, steamed food so that it's easier to digest. It's pre-digested and it's soft. So when it goes into the intestines, it can just slide right through, not agitating the gut lining anymore or not getting stuck in the gut lining. So we're not picking at that cut all the time. Does that make sense? So two major aspects here for anybody to really focus on if you're getting bloated, even when you're eating healthy, super easy. Look at your stress. Try to be present and manage stress with coping mechanisms like breath work, meditation, resting, being still, and then switching all raw food over to cooked food where it can calm the body 
and allow the gut lining to restore itself. The gut lining actually heals really quickly. It's one of the fastest healing tissues in the body. But if you're constantly bombarding it with things that are agitating it, it can't. So switch over to cooked foods and then you'll be able to heal the gut lining faster. Super simple, right? And I get that question a lot. That is a huge, that's a big question I get from clients because specifically clients usually meet me at a place where they're already eating healthy. So it's really important to look at different aspects, not always what you're eating, but how you're eating, when you're eating it and how stressed you are when eating it. Perfect, right? Okay, question number two. I feel bloated even after I go to the bathroom, number two. And this is really important to understand because typically history would say that once you feel bloated and you go to the bathroom, number two, you can usually feel relief or that bloating goes away because the gas or trapped air or anything has released when we release our number two. Well, if you have bacteria or stuck food in the body, or there's an influx of bacteria or uh, fermented food going on in the body, this doesn't happen. Even when you go to the bathroom, you're not extracting everything that needs to be extracted. And now you're experiencing bloating even after you go to the bathroom, which can be extremely uncomfortable and can trigger a lot of anxiety. So this is a very important question. What you need to look at more inside of this, what I think is really important to look inside of this is to look at intermittent fasting. Now, intermittent fasting, yes, it's trendy and it's a hot topic right now, but I want you to look at it for gut healing, not for weight loss or you know, as a trendy diet. This is very, very beneficial for healing the body. Intermittent fasting is very beneficial for healing the body. And when we look at it on a basic level, it coincides with how we digest. So it's important to know how we digest to be able to understand why we intermittent fast, all right? So in podcast episodes one and two, all the way back to one and two from last year, I really go into detail about how we digest and what this digestive process is. But I want to give you a recap today because it's always very important to know this. All right. So on a basic level, when we digest food, the food goes into our mouth. We chew with our teeth, hopefully 25 times per bite, because that's what we're supposed to be doing. And then the digestive enzymes start to activate. And once they activate, they start to break down the food and then go into your esophagus and the broken down food goes into the esophagus. From the esophagus, the food is then transferred into the stomach, which I like to call the mixing bowl of our digestion. It's sort of where the stomach acid starts to churn, we're mixing it up, everything is moving in that direction. If your body's creating adequate amount of acid, then your food should get broken down just fine. If you're not creating adequate amount of acid, this is where you could experience heartburn, nausea, or GERD, where food wants to come up because there's not acid to keep it down and keep it digested. So I'll go into this question after because I have that, that question on my list from people. So we'll get there in just a second. Now in the stomach, this acid starts to form and your, your food gets broken down. And then your three... There's three organs that come in next to do their work, the liver, the gallbladder, and the pancreas. 
they're there to break down fats and proteins and complex carbohydrates, sugars, all of the things, start breaking it down, secreting digestive enzymes, getting rid of toxins, sort of delegating hormones, all of those things inside the digestive process. I like to call them the destiny's child of digestion because they're a three person group that gets things moving. And then once that process happens and everything is broken down and then it's turned into bile, then it's put into your intestines. That whole process happens before it even gets to your actual tummy until it gets to your actual intestines. And that whole process takes at minimum four hours. So if you're somebody who's continuously eating every hour or every two hours, even every three hours, and you have digestive issues, very important, only if you have digestive issues, because this is not, this doesn't always apply to people who don't have digestive issues, but then you're stacking food on top of food on top of food, and your body doesn't have a chance to finish the digestive process. And if it doesn't have a chance to finish the digestive process, then it's getting stopped in the middle of the process. Okay. So it's sort of like if you're at your desk doing work and every five minutes, your boss comes in and puts another piece of work on your desk and another piece of work on, work on your desk. You just look around and think there's no way I'm finishing any of this. And you just want to quit. And that's what your digestive system does. It wants to quit and it will quit. And then you're not digesting your food. Your food is then dumped into bacteria or fat. And then we have problems with bloating. So long story short, we're looping back into why we're intermittent fasting. Now, if that digestive process takes four hours, when you are healing your gut, it's good to keep food about four hours apart. This is a basic plan of intermittent fasting, giving your body enough time to digest the food in between meals and avoiding snacking in between meals so that it can complete. Excuse me. Furthermore, overnight, you want to have a full process so that the body and the organs have a chance to regenerate. Now, that process needs about 12 hours overnight without with uninterrupted digestion. So we're in the rest and digest state. We're in that sympathetic nervous, excuse me, parasympathetic nervous system where the body is calm and resting and digesting so it can do it, what it needs to do to process. Similarly to how we need to sleep at night to regenerate ourselves to have energy for our work the next day, your body needs to do that too. So a minimum of 12 hours overnight is very important for you to have all of your organs regenerate and your digestive process to finish. Now, it can be between 12 and 16 hours. Some people do better with 16, some people do better with 14, some people do better with 12. You just have to see what works best for you because everything is on a personal level. Bioindividuality is key. We never want to just say, you should do this for 12 hours and then have it not work because it's not always for every person. So start to test what works good for you. 12 to 16 hours, somewhere overnight, four hours between meals. And the final element of that is to eat at least three hours before bed. If you're not eating three hours before bed, you're eating too late when it comes to your food before you sleep. And again, digestive process is going to shut down. That food is going to ferment in your belly and you're going to wake up loaded. 
So it's going to be really yucky in the morning. It's not going to feel good. You're not going to wake up with that feeling of, you know, flat belly, you bloated. You're going to wake up feeling tired, lethargic. Your body's still trying to digest food since it shut down all night. So 12 to 16 hours overnight, four hours in between meals and avoiding snacking, and then three hours before bed, quitting eating. Now, along with that process is obviously chewing your food and for all of you who've listened to me, you're probably sick of me saying it, but you must chew your food at minimum 15 times per bite. 25 is recommended because this is what breaks it down. So add that in as a secondary element of feeling bloated and, and needing to reduce the bloat. Okay, so before I mentioned about having low acidity, when we went into the mixing bowl of the stomach, and we talked about that once you chew your food and it goes through the esophagus into the stomach, you create stomach acid to break down food. Now, a lot of people are experiencing, especially over 35, when this starts to depreciate, are experiencing low stomach acidity. So whether they're eating healthy and managing stress and chewing their food, they're still experiencing bloating. And this could be due to low acidity. Low acidity is just something that happens to people, especially with age, where their body doesn't create enough acid to break down food, specifically proteins. So using a lot of these tools and changing a lot of these habits can help to start create your own acid, but it doesn't always happen naturally as easy as we'd like it to when we're changing our diet and nutrition. So this is where supplementation can come in handy. Now the specific element that comes with creating stomach acid is HCL or hydrochloric acid. This I would recommend using with a professional so that they can help you create stomach acid with this supplement, but a plan that helps you to start using this acid because there's a very specific scientific equation when it comes to what is the right amount of dosage for you to break down your food. If you're not careful, this can cause more heartburn. And that would be the last thing we would want is more heartburn. However, what the point of it is, is to put it in and for it to create enough acid to break down your food so you're never experiencing heartburn. So it's used to create a positive effect, but if used wrongly, it can create another negative effect. And of course, we don't want that. Now, people who reach for things like antacids, Tums and Rolaids and those things that suppress heartburn, you're actually causing an issue with creating less stomach acidity over time and your body is sort of adapting to it and that's why you continue to have heartburn. So the best thing to do is to reach out to your health professional or you can reach out to me, whoever is in your realm and start to get off of the antacids and start to put in some stomach acid like HCL that will help your body start to create more acid on its own and be able to break down food. Also, temporary fixes to diet can also start to help this too. Eating a higher alkaline type diet and reducing acid forming foods will help reduce heartburn in conjunction with adding these things in. So it's kind of like a, a full spectrum here. And if this is something that's ailing you and you guys are looking for help, please reach out, send me an email, Jacqueline at JacquelineReneeWellness.com, or you can always shoot me a DM on Instagram. Um, and we can get this plan started for you because the last thing I want you to do is have all this acid and heartburn, you know, and, and no plan to get there. So we have a very specific 
uh, phased plan if you're experiencing low stomach acidity, go ahead and reach out. Okay, final question, and we're gonna jump in pretty quickly here. I got a question that says, sometimes I eat dairy and I'm bloated, and sometimes I'm, I eat dairy and I'm not bloated. Why am I experiencing bloating issues with the same food, but only sometimes, sometimes yes and sometimes no, okay? When you have an inflamed gut or some deeper rooted gut issues going on, there are certain types of food, food quality, the way it's, um, the way it's made and, and how you eat it, that it can be causing an effect. Now, remember, we're going back to if you're stressed, then that's going to cause bloating and a problem. So maybe one time you ate dairy and you were super stressed out, and maybe one time you ate dairy and you were super relaxed out with the girlfriends or whatever you were doing, and it didn't cause an issue because you weren't stressed out. So that's a number one way to look at if food is affecting you, the same food is affecting you one way, but not in another way. The other thing is food quality. So when it comes to dairy, it's farmed very heavily in the States. Um, there's a lot of hormones and antibiotics that's added to it. So you really have to look to find specific things inside dairy that, that are quality. So the first thing is that you want to make sure there's no synthetic growth hormones. And this would look like no RBST, right? So that's a synthetic growth hormone that they're using to keep cows pregnant and to make them fatter and to have mass production. So you're looking for that. The second thing you're looking for is that it's organic so that we're always using the highest quality. Now, one time you may have had non-organic and the other time you may have organic just by chance. And the non-organic caused an issue because of the hormones and antibiotics and the organic did not. Another element is European cheese is a lot less inflammatory than American cheeses. So maybe one time you had Spanish cheese and another time you had American cheese. So looking at food quality over quantity, right? So this is just specific to dairy, but you can look at it anyway. Sometimes it's an organic apple and sometimes it's a non-organic apple. Sometimes it's organic beef and sometimes it's non-organic beef, which is something people run into when they eat out more. They might have bloating when they eat a specific food out, but not when they eat it in because they're buying more high quality food and it's not causing a problem. So those are some things that you want to look into when it comes to that. Now, thank you guys so much for these questions. It was super helpful. Feel free to send me questions anytime because I'll do some updated Q&A episodes here and there. They're great because then you can have a more personalized answer to something versus a general podcast and not sure how to relate it to you. Um, also, if you're interested in learning more about bloating tips, you can join my email newsletter. You can do so right on my website at JacquelineReneeWellness.com. Every page has a way for you to sign up for my email newsletter, and you will get a five-minute video to beat the bloat. It has all different types of tips and foundations to create a healthy relationship with your body and reduce bloat, and I didn't cover all of them today, so some of them will be new to you. And in addition to that, since my last podcast was all about candida, if you didn't listen to it, it's definitely a good one you want to check out. I have added a special bonus for anyone who signs up for my email newsletter for the anti-candida 
anti-candida get started guide that has tools, tips, recipes, all the things you may need to get rid of candida. And even if you don't have candida, this guide is super helpful. So as soon as you sign up for that newsletter, you're getting all of these bonuses that I think will be very helpful for you. So thanks again, guys, for your questions. I hope this Q&A has been helpful for you and I hope you have an incredible day. Happy healing. I'm Laura Worcester, host of the Intuitive Life Podcast. As an intuitive medium and teacher working with the world of spirit, I love to share the peace that comes with the awareness that our departed loved ones are still with us. And I also love to help people explore what it means to live an intuitively led life. Start listening now on mindbodyspirit.fm or wherever you get your podcasts.